Well, back before when they were still mostly doing Angus cattle, what they did is they um, they basically are the county, Guthrie County in the state <laughs> of Texas. But what they did is they took over the school program for that whole county, the independent school district, and they started feeding that independent school district, the public school system. Mm. What they found is scores went up, attendance went up, uh, attention spans went up, and they based it on pure animal protein from that ranch, right? And so what has happened, and this is basically since the 70s, we surrendered, the parents ourselves have surrendered the basically the responsibility and the ownership of our child's nutrition, and we gave it over to our government. Welcome back to the interview podcast on the Why Milbank Podcast Network from Milbank, South Dakota. This is Craig Weinberg. Theinterviewpodcast.org is our website for all the shows and interviews that come out of this studio. Also, we are funded for, by the Value for Value model. We produce the content, put it out to you free of charge. If you get value out of it, go to theinterviewpodcast.org, click on the Donate Today button, you choose the value put it in there and send it back our way so we can continue to have these conversations. Today we're going back down to Texas to someone that I've been uh, wanting to talk to for several months now. I got uh, introduced to this guest uh, listening to Adam Curry's With Adam Curry podcast. Uh, and then when I had Tina Curry on the show last summer, she encouraged me to reach out because Texas Slim is here and he has a message for all of us. Beefinitiative.com at Modern T-Man across the social media. Well, I think the Twitter primarily. Um, but I hope you enjoy this chat about truth and food, food intelligence, uh, honesty, Shaking a rancher's hand, uh, authentic living. Texas Slim is here. Let's get right into it. Thanks for hanging out with us. Texas Slim, or, or where are you at currently? Are you in Texas? I mean, based on yeah, your name, or do you do, the, you do that? Or yeah, are you just no, I'm, I'm, appropriating the name? No. <laughs> oh hell no, man! I'm sixth generational Texan, man. Are you serious? <laughs> Oh, hell yes. So right. we came here from the uh, Carolinas a long time ago. And uh, right now I'm based out where I uh, grew up, where my roots are. So we've been up in the Texas Panhandle since the late 1800s. So. Wow. So you can track your family in that same area? Yeah, to probably pretty much like my grandfather, because we there was a triangle there in East Texas and Oklahoma mm -hmm. that a lot of people came from, from the Carolinas. And so parts of my family came from the Alabamas mm -hmm. and then came from the Carolinas. And there was a triangle there that people grouped into. So we first entered into East Texas and then we made it up to the Panhandle. Okay. So, so and there's <laughs> there's a timeline there that, you know, we have. So on on the social media, Twitter. Um, you every day I've been noticing you post the same mm -hmm. thing at the start of the day. You bet. <laughs> um, good morning. Go shake a rancher's hand and ask to be educated. I know we're jumping ahead in the story, but what is, what do you mean when you say that? 
Well, when I first started that, and we'll get back to kind of where I, you know, mm-hmm. what I decided to make that kind of an honor, you know, a call to action this is the way I grew up learning how to be a boy and a man in West Texas and show respect was, hey, you better learn how to shake a man's hand and look him in the eye. And it's, it was very important. And mm-hmm. my grandfather really was the, you know, the instigator and the pioneer of that thought and legacy within our family. You know how to shake somebody's hand and you look them in the eye, you're going to have a conversation and you're going to have to be present and you're going to have to basically be transparent. You're going to have to stand there with either a, a little bit of confusion or strength <laughs> right. or a posture yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. And so what it does, it, it lets you know where you are with that other person. And you go up to somebody and say, you don't go up with ego. You go, hey, man, I want to learn from you. Mm-hmm. Would you please teach me? Well, I know ranchers and basically what they are is they're educators and they're going to have a, an air of respect for you just by that first impression. And people have forgotten that within our society. And, you know, I know this personally because I was in big tech. And whenever uh, I grew up during the dot-com boom, bus, online software, a lot of things, you know, the younger generation don't don't really know how we got here as far as communication skills and the lack thereof. We have a division of interpersonal communication in this nation, and it's an epidemic. People don't know how to talk to each other anymore. And so what I decided is, like, we're going to get people tied into basically pure animal protein and pure food and truth in food again. The best way to do that is go straight to your rancher and shake his hand and say, I need to be educated. I'm trying to feed my family. I'm trying to get back to what my grandparents basically stewarded for us as far as pure truth in food and a rancher is basically from where i come from the best place to start it, it is that true still else. today though i mean you you know you, you you've done research you've kind of investigated mm-hmm. how ag works um <laughs> right. is that is it still true that you could go find a rancher in america and be properly educated Oh, hell yeah. It just, you know, you're going to find some truths. You're going to find some lies. You're going to find everything. You're going to get, you're going to get to the source of the seed of where that rancher is coming from. Mm -hmm. If that rancher is willing to educate you, you know that he is uh, basically doing everything and he is transparent. He's authentic in what he's doing with this protocol of beef. Mm -hmm. If you get a guy up there, hey, I grew up in commodity cowboy country. I'm smack dab in it right now (laughs) as far as the Texas panhandle. We process that's more beef up here that goes on the global beef industry, you know, market, you know, across the world. And I know commodity cowboys and they're damn good people. What they're doing is trying to make a living. And what people I need to start really getting in 2023, start telling people, this ain't an attack on the rancher people. Mm-hmm. And y'all need to understand this. And I see too much of that in the social media, you know, sphere. What we're doing is we're saving the American rancher. And of course, there's going to be some asshole ranchers. We get that within you know the general public. Right. But what you're going to get is you're going to get basically some form of transparency that you're going to know, okay, I want to deal with this person. I want to be educated. Such is life, correct? Mm-hmm. And so you don't generalize the beef industry. You don't generalize a cattle man. And you don't generalize the cattle industry in the United States all the way from full-on regenerative grass-fed, grass-finished into different protocols that are still good beef 
the people still don't have access to. And this is what this is about, is creating a market access of education and of that beef. You, the consumer, needs to be educated so you can make that decision mm -hmm. if that rancher is telling you the truth, if it's something that you want to go ahead and move forward with as far as your consumption model. Right. If you're going to be, you know, a stickler to grass-finished beef and you're not going to allow any grains into your, you know, your cow, then you're going to know that. But you, the consumer, has to be educated too. So it's a, it's a joint effort, you know, to tell you the truth. All right, stepping back a little bit, where where did the the breakdown happen, or when I should say, you know, because <clears throat> sure, what what we see in um, <laughs> meat packaging today uh, isn't mm -hmm. necessarily uh, some would call it um, not true. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's perhaps a lie, or if, you know, a smoke and mirrors. You know, what what, what are we actually what are we eating? Um, sure. Where did that break down? And you know, in your in your history, when when did it become a mission of yours to figure it out? Yeah, in, in tracking down, you know, everything that we deal with in society right now is on a scale, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's time, it's effort, it's agendas. You look at it kind of a as a decade thing. If you really want to get focused and kind of what I put my true, true laser focus on is what what happened in the 70s. I was a, I'm a baby of the 70s, basically. And so that affected my life. The 70s were something that, you know, one thing, it was a decade of divorce. It was, you know, the family got tore apart. If you look at the divorce in the 70s, it's a hockey stick. Mm -hmm. Well, what happened in the 70s as well is we got moms out of the households and we put them to work. They needed more taxpayers. We went off the gold standard. There's so many things that happened that we debased our society, our value systems. A lot of things happened in the 70s. One thing that happened for sure was we had a global industrial food shift. And what that was is that we started creating all these fake commodities, inserting them, injecting them into our food supplies. You know, that's Give me an in, example. in the school system. Uh, soy burgers into public schools. Okay. Right there. You know, let's, let's replace this meat with soy. So, uh, but what about uh, the argument that is made all the time that, well, we have to feed the world and this is the only way we can feed the world. That's about, that's been the biggest bullshit statement that's ever been said within the food industry and the agricultural industry. In the is United it just States marketing? Hell yeah. It's just marketing. We never fed the world. We had the capacity okay. to, we never fed the world. We created distribution routes, mm. basically, that mm -hmm. are based on uh, multinational corporation shipping lanes and grain chemical companies is what we did. We never fed the world. There's still people. We have the capability. We have the capability. And what we did is we went out there in 1971, and Eric Butt said, we're going to go big or go home with monocropping. He was basically you know, a part of the Nixon administration. And what that meant is that we're going to quit feeding our communities, and we're going to spread this wealth across across, you know, uh, act like we're spreading this food across the world. Sure, we did a lot of innovation. You betcha, a lot of it. But what we also did through the last 50 years is we quit feeding our children that type of nutrition. And that started with the 1970s and when we said we're going to go feed the world. Well, you go across the United States of America right now and all those strong communities in 1969, well, now they are food deserts. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what, what we did is we inverted our whole food system and now it's outside coming in. And it, but it's grown still in those communities, but those communities have no market access to that beef or the quality grains in which we used to produce. The multinational corporations took that over. They ship it across overseas. They give us no access to it. What they 
do is they subsidized and commoditized it, made it very, very cheap. And so that's what you see right now in our society. Yeah, we might say it's food. It's not food anymore. 80, 80% of Americans are now metabolically bankrupt and they are compromised. The health of this nation is being jeopardized because of that inversion of our food systems. We never did feed the world. What we're going to do now is we're with the beef initiative is we're going to feed our communities first and then everything extra can go out beyond that in a regional state mm -hmm. of you know expedition so it is the modern grocery store a result of that or did they help well, of course it is or did they perpetuate at, it well they're, they're hand in hand yeah. i mean you look at get look do a search on google you can even <laughs> when was the supermarket created yeah. 1971 wow. once again going back to 1971 we went off the basically the gold standard mm -hmm. we inserted fake commodities into our food systems our health started filling it's so simple that it complicates most people's minds and so and it, you know, if you look at the the health of the nation and the debasement of the dollar, they're the same chart. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at pictures, you see it all the time on social media, pictures of people on Venice Beach in 1969 and 1970. <laughs> you see them now. It's a no brainer. We have basically uh, destroyed the health of the nation because we basically are creating a nutritional starvation and people don't understand how it happened, but it was a slow burn. You know, it's a generational shift. It's regulatory capture that's happened by multinational corporations. We used to have one processing center that did beef, fowl, pork in each county in the state of Texas. That's 254 processing centers in the state of Texas. And now it's consolidated. And that was consolidated mm -hmm. at first it was you know you had that uh, you had ibp where i grew up where they were a regional based processing center and we got to feed i always had a freezer full of beef from a local rancher it was a no-brainer yeah. you didn't think about it you didn't buy your beef under you know with cellophane and plastic and in styrofoam right you had more than three cuts from mm -hmm. the supermarket. Your your ground beef didn't, you know, you buy a pound and then at the time you cook it, it was you know, half a pound like you do today. You pour off the, all the rest of the weight, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, all that is is just, is basically substances they're putting in your mm -hmm. beef to be able to make more or more profits. Mm -hmm. Multinational corporations are in it to win it. They're trying to basically make profit every year. And the more profits they make on a debased dollar is basically the less nutrition you and your family are going to have. Along with our labeling laws, the labeling laws in this country are a joke now. Has anybody noticed that there's no more GMO on the packages? Now it says bioengineered. It's a barcode. You have to you have to scan it and it takes you to a terms and services agreement. It looks like Facebook or Google. And so people don't even know what they're consuming anymore. And it's been a long, slow burn to get to where we are right now. Is it odd as you've looked into this food thing around the world, perhaps, is America unique in its need for a huge variety of foods available to them? I don't know. I mean, your food, your consumption model is engineered by a chemical company. Mm -hmm. That's all you got to say. And people keep on saying food science. Food is not science. <laughs> right. food Making is up food is science.
<laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Making up food is mm-hmm. science. So you can say that, oh, yeah, there's a form of entitlements. But once again, people don't know what food is anymore. I go around the country. I just drove 60,000 miles in 2022 around this country. People don't even know where food comes from anymore. Mm-hmm. This is just not me saying this. This is sitting down with people from all kinds of different communities, demographics, pay scales. People don't know really where food comes from, how it's processed. They don't know how many touch points. You got peaches that are grown in freaking Georgia that, that are then shipped basically to Argentina, then they're shipped to Thailand, then shipped back to Georgia. Why is that? Well, it's because they're not thinking about nutrition. They're thinking about how they can make um, profits on a subsidized global food market. And so whenever we say that we have consumer demand, the biggest reason that we think that we need all these choices is because our taste buds have been hijacked for one, but also we eat more than anybody else in the world because we don't have nutrition. Mm -hmm. If you have more dense nutrition in your food, you're not hungry. But now basically you look at studies, I've got like 10 to 20 people that are um, not people, doctors that actually report to the beef initiative, food intelligence, health intelligence, all kinds of stuff. The most Americans have to eat every four hours because of the insulin spikes. Well, that's done because they're eating highly processed foods, high in sugar, high in seed oils, high in a, you know high fructose corn syrup, all of the above. We've got so many fake commodities that we consume that a lot of people don't even know what those are. So if you say that we need more as far as our taste are concerned mm-hmm. or how our culture is, the reason that is driven is because we're not eating real food. And basically that is proof of pudding, (laughs) pardon a pun, but that is in our consumption models and that our consumer demand is based on convenience, not of substance. So is the, the, the traditional taught food pyramid, uh, that clearly is upside down. Um, that was a joke. Yeah. So that was a joke. (laughs) Was that just a, uh, a a nefarious move to, to move this direction? Of course it was. It's multinational corporations trying to make profit off the best, basically, grain and agricultural system in the world that the world has ever known. Mm-hmm. That's how it started. And then they basically said, hey, we got to push more grains. We got to push more grains. And if you look at the regulatory capture that has happened within agriculture, within ranching and in the, in the basically uh, grain market, you know, people compare. I always hear this, and especially around the holidays. You know, we'll talk about food intelligence and what you should consume. And everybody always does this. This is something I'm going to really start being clear about as far as generalizing where we are and where we've been. People say, well, I always, we always had grandma's mac and cheese. Okay, great. (laughs) As a child, that mac and cheese is nothing Mm -hmm. about what mac and cheese is today. doesn't matter what it says on the box. Y'all need to start understanding what processing of food, what goes into that. Mm -hmm. The more that we have moved down this multinational, basically distribution of going to go feed the world, the less nutritious our food has become. It's as simple as that. It's been done by regulatory capture, by multinational corporations that have billions of dollars, that have millions of dollars for lobbyists. They basically get to do what they want to do from all the way from Ansel Keys to cholesterol to the fat fiction lie to this food pyramid that basically what it did is it developed into a, a consumption model of overly processed carbohydrates that were nothing more than sugar. 
Look at the look at the. Okay, seventy eight percent of Americans are now obese or overweight. <laughs> right. One of two of us are diabetics. This is yeah. a new phenomenon. It's an epidemic of of epic proportions. Mm -hmm. And I think the last couple of years proved that how unhealthy this nation is. It's not a judgment, man. We're all yeah. caught up in this. It's like, let's take a step back and let's see where we came from. Why did this happen? And that's how I kind of got into food intelligence because I was looking at food yeah. from a different perspective. Well, you in uh, when I listen to you talk about your story, and we can get into this piece of it now if you want to. Um, sure. The you said you went and you worked with um, like undercover embedded with a, a big farm, a big egg production facility there's a harvest company yeah, yeah, big harvest they're company. totally separate yeah um, but they you you said the availability of quality food was just not there for those guys no it's okay I, I we we went all the way from texas to north dakota and mm -hmm. i'll just tell you a place up in uh, north dakota you see this you're 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 in that part of the country small town america right mm -hmm. okay what you do is you have a harvest company and they go through and they they do harvest across the midwest and so you base out a certain small community so you can get to the crops and so one small community, this is what the whole community had to eat. They had one grocery store where a bell pepper was about $3 per bell pepper. Uh, three quarters of the supermarket were frozen foods. Mm -hmm. They had one restaurant and one convenience store. The restaurant, the only thing they served you was fried food or maybe something that they put on the grill. Okay, everything was fried in canola oil, of course. That was the whole market yeah. access to food for that whole community unless you drove 90 miles to a Walmart. The next best option was Walmart or the local community rancher mm. that fed that community. They had beef jerky. They had the best beef, that some of the best beef I've had in a long time. And basically what they did is they, they grass fed, they grass finished, they grain finished with non-GMO organic grains that they had been raising themselves for the last 60 years. And so you look at that, that's one example of thousands upon thousands of communities across the United States where they did not have market access to pure animal protein or pure truth in food. Mm -hmm. It's all fried. It's based on convenience. And I always tell people now, it's like, hey, the convenience store has become the new supermarket and the supermarket is the old convenience store. Yeah. There's a lot of validity in that. With my travels around the United States, the one thing that I saw most of in any type of communities, even here in the Texas Panhandle, some of the biggest innovation going into our communities is the new convenience store from Bucky's that's big in Texas. And uh, hey, I love Bucky's. <laughs> From being, See, right there, up here. it's yeah. based on uh -huh. convenience and everything. And they get to say, you know, you get to go look at the drink aisles and you tell me how much yeah. of those drinks in those aisles have anything to do with nutrition or keeping you sustained. All mm -hmm. it is is you're going to be buying another drink in the next four hours. Yeah, but they make their bathrooms clean, so it's great. Uh, well, that's the big <laughs> stickler. They got bad. I've never been in a Bucky's and I don't think I will. So <laughs> I will say I, I learned about it in 2017. We were down in, near Galveston. And I saw one. Like, um, yeah. And uh, I will say their brisket was great. Now, I have no no idea the quality, but it was good. So, Good deal. Yeah. Good um, for them at least having brisket exactly. in, a, in a convenient store. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Maybe we'll get something like that going with Texas Slim's Burgers. Hey, next. now we're talking. Um, there you go. <laughs> so you, you have a uh, – do you 
currently have your Substack rolling? Yes, I do. TexasSlim.substack.com. You bet. Yeah, and and it's it, we're we're kind of ramping it up. We've had some really good guest writers. I'm going to start doing this next month. I'm going to almost be doing about five audio recordings. We're going to get more guest writing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do a little writing because I'm heading off to Australia at the first of uh, February. You're bringing the beef be initiative the mindset there. Well, what they've been doing, they were already in that mindset over there. We had some ranchers and some really good uh, people as Bitcoiners, you know, just general people. And mm -hmm. I've got some friends over there. Well, they were kind of moving forward and they found the beef initiative and they said, hey, let's join forces. And so right now we've got at least three to four summits that are scheduled. They're selling tickets. You can go and you can uh, if you're in Australia, we're going to go do the whole country of Australia. We're going to start on the east side and we're going to have four to five summits just like what we just did here in the united states with the beef initiative we're going to do it in australia as well so this is a global movement this is just not a texas thing this is just not a north american america thing this is going everywhere we're going to go to australia we're going to go to thailand uh we're going to go to europe um try to get something planned out in Europe. We're definitely going to go to South America. So the next 24 months, man, I'm going to be all over the place and we're going to spread this. We're building community. We're getting people back into basically sourcing their food locally. Mm -hmm. This is not a marketing plan. We don't do anything. This is grassroots. We say we're grass fed and we're grassroots and people are starting to really, you know, you see an awakening, you see people taking action. People are building their community and they're doing it through food. You know, they don't know. People have tried it before, but we're so decentralized that, you know, a lot of people, you know, that it, your traction is slower, but it's more base. Right. The quality of people coming in are more intentional. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not this one off dopamine fix of some LARP or, you know, carnivore diet dude on social media. This is actually really knowing where your food is coming from, establishing those relationships with those people that want to feed you, creating lifelong relationships and securing your food for your family, mm -hmm. especially your children. So this is just not something that, you know, it, you can't just pin it down. There is no borders with this. So that's so, what's beautiful about yeah. it. Yeah, Is your, you know, because I mean, the name be the beef initiative dot com is the website. Sure. For the bulk mm -hmm. of this. Um, is your push to, to get more beef in people or, you know, what, what is the main priority? Is, is it the value of beef protein or, or like, what is the push? Well, me coming from Texas, you know, of course, me, <laughs> right. my, my intentions are going yeah. to be around beef, you know, which is fine. And that's how it should be. Uh, the beef initiative. Yeah, it is about beef. I think the beef is the best mm -hmm. dense animal protein that you can get on the planet that is in, 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 in volume that you can find. Right. You know, I love elk. I love wild game, all that kind of stuff, but that's just not it's a possibility. Get, right? So yeah. yeah, right. But what this is, this is about pure clean food. Mm -hmm. This is not an argument for carnivores versus vegans. I'm not going to go there. That's a bullshit argument. And I'm not going there. What we're talking about is that we're killing our children mm -hmm. slowly with shitty food. 
So we're going to get back to the source of the seed of what nutrition is. And if you can find pure truth in food with being a vegan, then go for it. But then once again, a lot of people that are, you know, vegans, you know, they never bring up the fact about the millions of animals that we actually kill by monocropping. And I've got the facts. I've seen it happen through combines. It's not a pretty sight, but that's always left to the side. Mm -hmm. I think with the model that we have within the beef initiative, one thing that every rancher that I deal with is 100 top priority is animal welfare. And that is something that's always squashed in social media and the mainstream centralized communication apparatuses in which most people live in, which I don't. I've separated myself from centralized messaging. I don't watch TV. I I haven't heard a radio in years. So I know that it's out there. I know the deceptions out there. And I just tell everybody, quit validating the deceptions. Get back to the source of the seed, Mm -hmm. what's going to feed your family and what's going to make you healthier. And if it is being a vegan, we'll go out there whatever you got to do, create a market access to pure truth and food. Yeah. That's what the beef initiative is truly about pure truth and food. That's going to save the, the next generation of children coming up because they're being killed right now. We have five years old and 10 year old kids coming in with fatty liver disease. <laughs> That's that's yeah. that's not something that nobody's talking about. We're living in the shadows here and people need to wake up. And that's my mission and right now moving forward is to save children's lives. Mm. And that gets hijacked. Everybody says that crap. But this is this is a call to action. And, you know, we can't save children's lives unless us adults were killing our kids through adult consumption models. The reason that ch- the children are powerless, man. And what we're doing is feeding them cartoon world and it's, it's wrong. They're never going to have the nutritional value that I had as a child. That's sad. And every, every adult should take ownership of that and really put an obligation and saying, I'm not going to validate the deceptions anymore. Mm -hmm. If it's being a vegan or if it's being a carnivore, it does not matter. Where's your truth in food? Talk about it, share it, tell people about it, help support the people that are trying to feed you truth in food. That for me right now within the beef initiative is the great American rancher. So is there really a, is there anything that can really be done on a scale that would make a we don't huge talk difference. about scale. No, 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 no. We don't talk about scale. That's exactly what got us in this problem. Mm-hmm. What we did is we scaled our food system linear and we say, we got to scale this. We got, no, we don't. We have to replicate the mm-hmm. successes of small communities. That's what we do. And you multiply that, you create nodes across the world. That's exactly where we came from. That's what got hijacked. That's what got killed was that's what monocropping did. Oh, we got to scale this so we can feed the world that's exactly what got us we're not trying to scale anything we're trying to replicate successes and where you stand that's what my grandfather did that's what your great-grandfather did that's what every one of our ancestors did to get us to where the multinational corporations could hijack our food systems in a linear scalable way which basically thinned out our nutrition and basically made profit margins go sky high for these multinationals we're going vertical we're going deep into our communities and we're going to know where our food comes from our communities Mm -hmm. and we're going to know the people who do that you do that in every community across the world which is how we got here in the first place this is how we evolved (laughs) it wasn't bad multinational shipping peaches from georgia to argentina to thailand and back to georgia (laughs) see that's scalable Mm -hmm. that's scalable so well that nobody even knows that it happened 
nuts. What about the beef that we're eating in the United States of America? Now, 80% of the Americans think they're eating American beef, but they're eating beef from Australia, Brazil. But it got Africa. wrapped in plastic in America. What are you talking about? It's American hey, beef. Hey, it says it says it's harvested <laughs> right. in the United States, <laughs> right. Right? right? Hey, yeah. product of, well, it's mm-hmm. a product after they bought it on a global beef. <laughs> right you know market so see right there once again it's daunting you get lost into all the deceptions and how all this works that's why i say get back to the source of the seed go shake a rancher's hand and if you can't do it physically i understand that if you're in manhattan boston dallas (laughs) some places you're not going to be able to do that we'll come through the beef initiative we have 120 producers right now that have come in voluntarily that are wanting to feed you all you got to do is go shake their digital hand yeah um, and I, I, I've looked, yeah, and there is a, the, the producers page on uh, beefinitiative.com allows you to search, search by state. Uh, and unfortunately, there's only mm-hmm. one here in South Dakota. Luckily, it's like <laughs> half an hour away from yeah. me, so it's close. Um, but, but uh, hey, that's, that's happened. Yeah. We started with three producers really? a, a little over a year ago. That's now we got 120. I have not asked, but three producers to come into the Beef Initiative platform. Everybody else has come in voluntarily. So it's crowdsourced Nobody at this point. Is, there you go. That's, That's how it should be. Yeah. Decentralized, mm-hmm. word of mouth. This is not some, you know, government certification. Now we got beyond organic, grass-fed, organic, all these things. Yeah. You can have grass-fed beef. You can have a dairy cow that's got two teeth that's been on grass for 10 days, and they can call it grass-fed beef. Mm-hmm. That's what I keep trying to tell everybody. We can go down all the deceptions, all the rabbit holes of all the deceptions, until you just put your foot down and say, I'm going to take action as me, the individual. I'm going to change my consumer demand because mm. the only reason all of this has happened is because of our consumer demand that we have allowed the multinational corporations to engineer and they've done it in deceptive ways. Yeah. It's as simple as that. So the the mass side of what I'm thinking, like as far as the scale world is, you know, we think of our education system. And the kids, like, you know, I, I live in a town of 3,500 people, not very big. Sure. The closest Walmart is 45 minutes away. So we have to kind of, you know, we, we drive a lot if we need to get things. Um, mm-hmm. Our school system during the COVID years, um, which I'll say that because they've stopped it now, but um, they offered 12 months a year breakfast and lunch to every child in our town. And it was all paid for by the government. And so a lot, mm-hmm. of, a lot of the families relied on that. Well, that food is absolute crap. There's no question mm-hmm. about it. Um, sure. That kind, that's more the, the scale that I'm thinking of. How do we, or how do you, what's your thought on marketing to a bigger scale? Is there a political piece to this that we have to get politicians in there that actually understand this and are willing to go to bat for it? Or do we sure. just grassroots beat the doors down? You know, I think it's a really it's a good question because that, that's, you know, how do we make that change? And, you know, without using the word scalability. Right. right yeah. No, I, I you appreciate know, what we have to do, You have to <laughs> yeah. combine a lot of different aspects of, of the basically the apparatus that we're functioning in, and especially on how we're feeding our children. And that's where we have to look at. I tell everybody the beef initiative is an international lifestyle. They just don't understand yet. And what we do is we bring a lot of different forms of uh, uh, results. Mm -hmm. Like there's a ranch here in the state of Texas. A lot of people probably heard of it. It's called the four sixes. 
Okay, Taylor Sheridan of Yellowstone Productions, they just bought that ranch this last year. Right now, they mostly do uh, horses. They do quarter horses, cutting horses, all that kind of stuff. But they still have cattle. Well, back before when they were still mostly doing Angus cattle, what they did is they um, they basically are the county, Guthrie County in the state <laughs> of Texas. But what they did is they took over the school program for that whole county, the independent school district, and they started feeding that independent school district, the public school system. Mm. What they found is that scores went up, attendance went up, uh, attention spans went up, and they based it on pure animal protein from that ranch, right? And so what has happened, and this is basically since the 70s, we surrendered, the parents ourselves has surrendered the basically the responsibility and the ownership of our child's nutrition, and we gave it over to our government. Why wouldn't they take the basically uh, the food systems over in all public schools? They're going to say it's very idealistic. Hey, we've, we're, 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 we're creating a nation of healthy children. Bullshit. They're not. They're killing our children. And there's a lot of impoverished children that do not eat three meals a day. We know all of this. But the solutions that they are bringing to the table in Manhattan right now, that damn mayor is basically going to where those children will not have any animal protein in their diet. That is devastating. It's, it's devastating and people are doing it for idealistic views. It's political and it's a lie. So, Once again, yeah, validating the deception. Totally. But the, the politician at that level can't be actually educated. They have to just be listening no. to whatever they're being of told. Course. So yeah. w- w- how do we fix that? Is there a way? The individual, a strong individual builds strong community. Mm. That's it. Once again, we, we have been captured in a mental aspect of how we think in the United States. We are we we have the religion of self going on in this country, you know, that very egotistical false (laughs) ego bullshit entitlement that we've got. But what we have to get back to is true intentionality with the sovereign individual and take ownership and obligation and accountability back to where who we are as men, you and I as men, as mothers, as mothers, as brothers, as brothers and as parents, as parents. And until you're ready to take that and look in the accountability mirror and say, I'm not going to validate this deception and I'm not going to let this BS into my child's consumption model. Mm -hmm. It's up to the individual. Nobody's going to save you. You're going to save yourself. If you think there's an issue, then you you basically quit validating those deceptions. If I, my, my son doesn't eat crappy food, he went to the public school system. He hates sweets. But I took the responsibility as a parent saying this is not going to – is it hard? You're damn right it yeah. is. Every day, every day of their lives, they're inundated with marketing plans, social media, everywhere you go. It's sugar, 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 you know, Takis, all kinds of stupid, you know, chips, everything. It's 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 horrible. But, you know, the individual parent has to say, okay, well, I am more empowered than I'm allowing myself to be. And until you can accept, accept that you have the power to actually engineer your child's nutrition, that's where it starts. And nothing else matters at this point in time. You design your own, you engineer your own consumption model for Mm -hmm. your children. 
Yeah. And you take that responsibility. Are you going to hit a home run every time? Hell no. Are you going to get right most of the time? You betcha, because your lifestyle changes, your desires change, and your intentionality changes. And until the individual is ready to be a, a sovereign, empowered individual, then of course we're going to have issues. So just for giggles, I search for sure. is beef healthy on the interweb? Um, healthy to eat. And of course, you get down there and it says another concern with red meat intake is that eating it may increase your r- relative risk of mortality. You could say Whatever. that about anything. Um, it's, it's a joke anymore. Totally. But, but if the, the, I'll just say the uneducated parent out there that says, you know what, mm-hmm. someone, I heard something about beef. I'm going to look it up. They're going to find everything about bad, 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 going to kill you. So now I need to do this other thing that Burger King is selling and it's not really meat, but it tastes just like it. It's great. Um, that feels like we have a big hill and I, I, I agree that it starts at the, at the local level. We, at our house, we get, um, four dozen, um, farm like range eggs, uh, a, a week delivered. They mm-hmm. bring it to our house. It's fantastic. Uh, we awesome. also buy beef from them. So it's great. Fantastic. Um, but I was talking to a client yeah. of mine in my job, uh, the other day and t- mentioned that, that we get farm eggs. And she's like, oh, I can't do that. That's terrible. Ugh, I can't have chicken parts in my egg. So she only eats store-bought chicken eggs. And I said, well, are you kidding me? You eat the chicken, but you don't want to eat a, a better egg for you because there might be the off chance that there's maybe a little something, really. But it's that issue. And she's not a dummy. Like, she's not an idiot. But that's, that's what we're running into. It's what I've seen. Uh, the raw the are. raw milk debate. You know, oh, the cow don't eat raw milk. You might die. Your kids are going to be sick. Yeah, yeah. Well, well and that's, some well, states it's illegal. I mean, it, it's really clear. This is thing that is black and white. Until you, the individual, is ready to quit saying, if you do not realize, okay, go out to the street, walk down a downtown, go to a Walmart. This phenomenon of this ill health is is something that basically if you're not paying attention to, it's killing a nation. Mm-hmm. And if you cannot see that, and if you think it's the other person, then you're wrong. And then once again, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything that I do within nutrition for children and for families. If you can't take ownership and if you, if you can't see through the deceptions, you will you're going to pay with it with your metabolical health. Mm-hmm. If that's what you, if you need to keep on eating multinational, overly processed food that is killing the nation, go for it because you're not going to have a happy, long life. Yeah. If you want to get really intentional about what health is, about what nutrition is, what truly matters, and where actually nutrition comes from, it doesn't come from a factory raised chicken that lays eggs every 30 seconds. <laughs> What it comes from is the soil. It comes from the ground itself. Where do vitamins and minerals truly come from? Until we understand as an individual, a nation will be captured in the deceptions. But one person, one handshake at a time. That's what I tell everybody. One handshake, one rancher, one cow, one family at a time. If you can have the perspective, we've got to get on a different perspective instead of thinking that uh, basically what got us here is going to be the way that we get out of this. Mm -hmm. And if you say there's no problem, go for it, man. You can find a convenient (laughs) store and a fast food every four steps in this nation. That's one thing you can find. Yeah. 
So what was the what was your turning point that made you go crap? This is this is my lot in life. This is where I'm going. Yeah. Well, I'm standing here in my shop. I've been doing metal work ever since I was young, and I was I had an injury. It, it, I had an internal injury. I got busted up pretty good, and basically, I've had over 20 broken bones in my body. You know, I grew up farming and ranching, agriculture, Texas, very tough. You know, you you don't complain. You deal with the pain. So I dealt with the pain, but it started killing me, and my kidneys shut down. I had an internal injury. I had a portal vein that had collapsed. They didn't know what it was. I lost. I went down 120 pounds. I usually oh carry, carry about 172, 178. But what I did, I was about to die. And they said, well, we think you got about six weeks to live. They couldn't figure out what's wrong with me. Long story short, I got lucky, a miracle, whatever you want to call it. But uh, they drained about 20 something liters out of my body. I my kidneys 20 liters, 20 liters over three drains, put a big oh old needle God. right here in my stomach, right up underneath my liver and just went went to town and it's kept on filling up and kept on filling up. I was gone. That, that, wow. That's what they were maintaining. But by draining the fluid out of my body, they saw what was the issue. Hmm. Right. And it wasn't a big thing. They almost put me under the knife. They didn't. But I said, okay, I'm going to get back to ground zero here. You know, I wasn't really unhealthy or anything like that, but I said, I'm going to get back. And I started looking about and you know, I found Bitcoin and I looked into it and I'm a networker. I come from big tech, you know, whenever I was small or when I was younger, I left Amarillo, Texas, and I went to Austin when I was 19. I got into big tech. I'm a very good researcher. I became a research analyst. I was self-taught. But said I said, I'm going to research food now. So I did some, you know, I learned, I, I know how to do some data mining, some data science. And so I decentralized my researching when it came to food. And I said, I'm going to go down and see why we are what we are. Because a lot of the health advisors, when I was getting well, was telling me some really basically shitty information about nutrition and i knew this just the way i grew up like the expert was telling you all right now here's what you have Experts, to do to get healthy yes i was yes really? i was in ic i was just out of icu they'd put me in icu because of a draining all that kind of stuff and the nutritionist of a major hospital came in and started telling me to eat these certain foods and I was like, no, what? And they were, and it was blanket <laughs> approach, blanket approach, really? blanket approach. And of course you get jello, you get sugar laden, everything is just, it would have taken me down a different path. And I said, no, cause I've done fasting. I've been around the world a couple of times. I've eaten food across this globe, man. I know how communities eat. I know what basically protein is. I know what nutrition is. I'm not a nutritionist, but here I have a nutritionist that has a master's degree telling me really pretty, uh, pretty scary information. So I said, I'm not going to rely on the medical community in the United States to basically dictate my health. I'm going to go out here and I'm going to heal myself. And I went down and I, I did a hashtag called food intelligence. Hmm. I went and embedded myself into a harvest company because I know how to do harvest where I grew up. And I started studying the multinational grain corporations, the, the basically the supply chain routes, 
how we got to where we are. I looked at my grandfather. What happened to our farm? We had two sections up here. We'd been here since the late 1800s. Why did the farm get captured? Well, there's a lot of reasons to it. And through that roadmap that I was able to identify, I was able to create a food intelligence that actually led to me creating the beef initiative because I understood that we had to get back to where we came from. Mm -hmm. And when I say that is the source of the seed on how we used to be empowered in our communities. What I found out, it was through the processing centers. Hmm. That is the biggest thing that people do not understand. The biggest bottleneck to our nutrition as a nation is the lack of actually processing centers that actually cater to the local communities. Is that due to that regulation? Is what was stolen. Yeah, regulatory capture big time. So is the USDA really the, the big issue in America? Well, you, you know, it's it's all of it. Yeah. it you know, FDA, CDC, USDA. <laughs> you know, I don't really go after them. They can squash anybody overnight. They do it all the time. Yeah. And so what we do is like, I'm not competing against you guys. I'm creating a different option for people that basically taste better than that crap that you're feeding. So I'll go into competition with you. Sure. Let's get results driven mm -hmm. here. Okay, the proof is in the pudding, like I say, man. You want to say something? I Look, I'm 50-something years old, and I guarantee you I'm healthier than 90% of the people I correspond with. Mm. And why is that? It's because my consumption model has eliminated the multinational food corporations, and I eat food from where I stand, or at least some of some them. I got four ranchers in my freezer right now, so I eat all <laughs> kinds of different beef. Nice. But, you, you know, that's it, there's something to be said with proof of work. Mm -hmm. You can talk all day and read all these articles all you want. I tell everybody right there, for one month, go eat a steak every day, and it's not more expensive. Everybody says it's more expensive. What are you comparing it to? Yeah. What, your health, the supermarket aisles, or somebody that just grew this beef from day one and basically harvested it, and it's in your freezer now. You go eat one of those and try to compare it to a steak from freaking Kroger's? Seriously? <laughs> There's not a comparison, man. It doesn't even add up. And that means as far as taste, preparation, cost, none of it adds up. I spend less food now. It's not because I get free beef from ranchers because I don't. What I do is I pay value for value exchange. My food costs have gone down. I'm feeding an 18 year old boy right now. He eats three steaks a day. My food is not more expensive than the average families. It's actually right in line or cheaper because mm -hmm. I have that market access. I have a peer to peer exchange with a rancher that wants to feed me. That is not more expensive, but it's up to the individual to go out there. And if you can't, like I say, you go through the beef initiative, you're going to find a producer. We're going to bring in hundreds of producers this year, just in 2023. People are going to have more options. That's wonderful. So it, it really is is getting down to a mindset change, getting people to, to have a really real is. paradigm shift yeah. that they can mm -hmm. go forward. Um it is. And like I say, it's not a judgment. And I get pretty boastful and all that here, you know, Texas Slim, this dude calling himself <laughs> Texas Slim. But what it really is, it, it's it's actually a call to action saying, hey, guys, man, it's not as hard as you think. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's a slow roll. It's not overnight. You know, take, you know, take a step back. I had to take a step back. I was almost dead. 
And I said, I'm going to go ahead and start from zero again. It's hard to go through a fast. It's hard to switch from highly processed food into pure nutrition. Your body goes through a basically a shift. It ends tough because, you know, we are addicted. Food is the drug now. But, you know, food is medicine and medicine is food. And that's what people need to start understanding. Okay. By saying that, well, food is a drug and drug is food now too. So how do you make that switch as far as the individual, Mm -hmm. you know, create a goal, create a destination, create a call to action, take it easy on yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Don't think it's a diet. It's not a diet. It's a mindset and a lifestyle switch. Do you get any vitriol from people? Like, do you get hate across the social medias or is it, are you you surrounded (laughs) by the right people that it doesn't matter? Well, you know, I've never been, I'm not a big old LARPer and influencer. That's one thing I'm not. And you get all that in that LARPing space. Yeah. You get, you know, like right now it's carnivore month and everybody's being a carnivore. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm kind of being a smart ass. And it's like, well, if you're a carnivore and you're going to take pictures of your beef, where'd you get your beef from? Ooh, you know, if you're going to really, you know, yeah. come on, man, you're going to be bold. Mm-hmm. Let's get bold. And so I, I don't have a problem doing that now because I don't really care about the haters. I don't validate deceptions. I, you know, you have all this talk about vaccines for cows. It's because people don't understand the beef industry. Mm-hmm. And I just tell them, I said, man, if you truly want beef intelligence and food intelligence, just come through the beef initiative. You don't have to worry about the haters. You don't have to worry about the LARPers, the, you know, the influencers, that are just trying to, you know, make money off of your, you know, your dopamine, you know, and stuff like that. So I, they're out there. I just don't validate them. So why? I just kill people with kindness when I can, because yeah. that's the best way to do. I'm just going to be authentic and yeah. transparent and truthful, man. I'm full of love and, you know, respect. That's where I come from, man. I'll shake anybody's hand. I'll have a conversation with anybody. You know, this is about saving people's lives, especially children's lives. Well, that's and, all that matters. Yeah, and, and that's huge. Um, everyone that I've talked to that knows you um, has said, mm-hmm. you can't find a better dude. So I'm, yeah. That's awesome. That's you, to had to be, you had to be. <laughs> Thank you, you for saying You that. were on my list, so that was great. Um, I, I lived in Uganda for about four months back in 2003 or 2004. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, we go through London a bit and you do any research of the old world. Um, right. The, the baker around the corner every day made fresh bread and you went out and you got your meat for the day and your bread for the day every yeah. day that that is gone in American life. Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. that I've wanted to get back to that forever. I just don't have the ability. Um, so I, about a year ago, I got some sourdough starter from a friend of ours. And so now we keep that going and make bread every week. Um, but I wish that that was more available, like that idea, but no, it's better to go get the wrapped stuff that will last on your shelf for, you know, a couple (laughs) months if you keep it. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. It's. I love hearing someone you know, that's been in it, that's figuring out how to push forward. And that, that's sure. just fascinating. Well, well, right there, you just had a voice. And, you know, and it really is fascinating because when you were talking, I'm a very visual person. It reminded me of, you know, when I've been down in, uh, you know, Belize and you have a baker down in Belize, South America, everything, everywhere across the world, exactly, that's what they used to do. That's how we learn how to do it in America. We're, mm-hmm. we're a country of migrants. You know, you go to Italy, you go to France, man, you're going to get your daily bread, right? 
what we have to do is we have to understand that pop culture in general has basically hijacked us in many ways. I always tell everybody that I'm going to turn pop culture in its head because what you just said is an international lifestyle that people yearn for. They yeah. want to have that feeling. They want to feel like they're on vacation every day of their life. And you guys doing that with making a sourdough starter, that's hilarious. That's great. That's what the freaking cattlemen used to use on cattle drives mm-hmm. with sourdough starter. And it's getting back to the source of the seed of where we came from. So if you can start looking at your consumption and your food sourcing, everything as a lifestyle, you don't have to go out and study pop culture or let pop culture, you know, engineer your thinking process of what you want to do in life. And so that's how to not use scalability, but that's how it gets replicated is because of people like you, people like me going out there and saying, I'm going to give a voice Mm -hmm. to this again. I'm going to create a visualization in people's minds. And that's what I do with the ranchers. I'm saying, you, do you realize that you have never had a voice since 1970? Whenever all this shift happened, your voice was taken away. They don't even realize how much prohibition has gone against them. You know, they use Facebook as you know trying to sell their beef (laughs) that's that's the biggest censorship of beef that you can find man and that's all they have and so what we're doing is a lifestyle thing and we're painting pictures in people's heads saying man this is what you're yearning for Mm -hmm. and it starts with taking this action of maybe going off and doing a sourdough starter man yeah maybe it is you know doing something for a rancher we've got so many different ranchers that have fascinating stories how they got started in doing this not every rancher has been a rancher for 50 years. Some of them has been a rancher for six, seven, yeah. one, you know, first generation, fourth generational. And so once you go down the rabbit hole that we're creating in the beef initiative, you hear these stories. You just told me a story makes me want to eat sourdough bread now that is baked in the oven, right? This is how it happens. Yeah. We just keep on signaling it out. We turn pop culture on its head in a mm-hmm. way that we can do with visualization, with true food intelligence and accountability that's based on authenticity, transparency and truth and food. People will take ownership of that and they'll say, hell yeah, man, this is changing my lives. I get emails all the time of people saying, man, this has changed my life just because of the simple fact that I'd changed my consumption model. I started bringing everything back into my household instead of taking it out of the house or getting it from outside of my home and bringing it in. Mm -hmm. You're taking it from within and you're spreading the word out. Yeah. Um, I I don't want to keep you too much longer i know you got some work to do no, but no. the um what are your thoughts on the the organic farming fad let's say and you know it's it, it there's a neat, neat i'm a graphic designer in my other life um right i have the brand i have that logo the organic yeah. icon sure i, I mean mm-hmm. i have it I don't, I don't use it i had one client that needed it so i got it um yeah is that you can't trust that can you no, it's no, but you could in the beginning. It, it it was something that was cool, but then it was basically hijacked mm-hmm. by these dudes in California, and they bought the patent and the trademark to organic, and now they make money off everything and gets stamped organic. Once again, it's a form of food intelligence yeah. that people don't know about. I've got holy cow beef out of Lubbock, Texas, and in Weldon Warren. Okay, well they were one of the first ranchers to in the Southwest region to basically introduce grass fed beef to whole 
Whole Foods. Really? And so they've got all the certifications. They've got everything, mm -hmm. right? Well, they're getting out of Whole Foods because of the hijacking of the terminology in which we do to label food. Once again, you're rent seeking the truth. You're not going out there and finding out and being accountable for the truth in food yourself. And what we've done is created a dependency on an apparatus of mm -hmm. communication and a labeling apparatus that is lying to us. Not all of it is lies, but there's a lot of deception and a lot of people find those cracks to where you can go in and find those loopholes and stamp organic on something that's not organic. Right. Why are you going to keep on validating that go out there and make it a lifestyle change to go out there and find and and well warn of holy cow beef now they want to bring all their beef through the beef initiative exit out of whole foods and they don't want to have to use organic beyond organic grass right. all that kind of stuff they just want to say this is how this animal yep. was raised yeah that's it and if you can find those people which you can because it is getting more and more you know it's 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 good intentions for the consumer saying well this is organic mm -hmm. Well, I'm trying to tell people acceptance is the key. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm going to Thailand. One of the reasons I'm going to Thailand, I've been there before, rode a motorcycle across Thailand, no, going back. We're going to go. They don't have the word organic. They don't have the word grass fed. They don't have the metabolical destruction that the United States have. All they have is truth in food. Mm -hmm. They know where that food comes from. Yeah. You can get some of the best street food in Thailand. Basically, there's more people that have better metabolical health in third world countries than CEOs sitting in boardrooms right now in the United States of America. What does that tell you? It's not a money thing, man. It's market yeah. access and right. food intelligence. That's what it's about. Well, it does really start at the grassroots. They have to be mm -hmm. just to, to get everyone aware. Um, well, well, and how exciting is that? You know, yeah. I was in marketing, I was in data, you know, I, I understand how they use data mining mm -hmm. against us. I understand marketing on the marketing level of centralized digital marketing. This thing is a joke anymore, man. When I started the Beef Initiative, I left big tech. I said, I'm done with it. And there were a lot of reasons I did that is because of the deceptions within marketing, within everything that goes on in big tech, man. There are algorithms that are created off of your behavior right now are dangerous, yeah. man. And so what I tell people is like, you know, don't rely on this anymore. If it's got a lot of words on your box of food, you shouldn't be eating it. If it's on TV, you yeah. shouldn't be eating it. You know, if it shows up on your TikTok little whatever or whatever you're doing on social media, you probably shouldn't yeah. be eating that unless you basically know that it's basically somebody verified through grassroots word of mouth. Mm -hmm. It's the best way to do it. Nothing more. And lose the, the, the mindset. It's a mindset shift. It really is. Yeah. Just like with any other habit, you know, break some old habits and create a new one. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's what this is about. It's time for us to be accountable as far as our consumption models in the United States. And yeah, I had to do yeah. it. I did it. You know, I'm not I'm not saying to go off to people that, you know, and I'm not judging. Like I said, this is not a judgment. This is it's an opportunity to, mm -hmm. for people to change their lives in a better way and to save children's lives. Yeah. And I think that is incredible. Um Texas. Now you don't have your website is Beef Initiative primarily, or the Substack, right? Beef Initiative, yeah, beefinitiative.com is what we've got. I'm building out a link tree that's going to have everything. Okay, that's, you know, it's it's going to have my podcast. It's mm -hmm. going to have everything. But right now, it's TexasSlim.substack.com, 
and it's beefinitiative.com. If you go to beefinitiative.com, you can subscribe right there and you'll get the feed of most everything. We put the podcast in the Substack, everything. So we try to make it as, you know, frictionless as possible and all that kind of stuff. And, and we're getting more better mm-hmm. with the content because I just started this out of, you know, I wrote down uh, Harvest of Deception. That was the first article that I wrote and it just took off from there. So we're getting better on the, you know, on the content delivery side. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, like I say, I'm going to do, be doing a lot of reporting, getting up to Australia. We're going to be doing a lot of uh, uh, short form video in Australia. We're really going to, I'm going to go ahead and do Instagram. I, <laughs> I'm very anti, but we're going <laughs> to put it out there and let people yep. have access. You know, yep. this is what's going on. This is how we're doing it. These are the connections. Mm-hmm. This is what people are saying. And this is the fun we're having, you know, this is the international lifestyle. And, you know, once again, man, I'm not a rich man. This just happens. And, you know, we're, we're making it happen one step at a time and everybody else can do the same. I just encourage people to join in with us and help us spread the word. That's what we're doing here. That's awesome. It's not a marketing plan. You know, no, it's a, it, it's really an, a re-education at some level without being, yeah. you know, without yeah. sounding communist, but. Um. <laughs> well, no, it is. It's education mm-hmm. is key right now. And a lot of people want to be educated in a different way. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know, I wasn't, I, I never went to university. I, I've always been self-taught everything I do. And so, you know, let's lose the institutional way of thinking. Let's get back to real peer-to-peer relationship thinking mm-hmm. that's educational, done with observational science, you know, and, and that's experiential training. You know, there's something to be said about that. Yeah. Let's get rid of the book smart. We get into this thing in the United States and we get in this analysis paralysis. We think we're so entitled that we have so many options, you know, with so many different things yeah. that we can debate <laughs> and philosophize about. Well, no. Not really not with food get back to the source of the seed of what got us here and start from there yeah your podcast is i am texas slim uh you bet available on all the podcast apps i believe yeah man we're decentralized yeah. we're podcasting 2.0 we got i mean every platform out there you're gonna find it i'm just looking and, at the podcast uh, index know, feed for it and it's out there yeah, value for value yeah it's there you go. Adam Curry is a good friend of mine. He taught us a lot with everything with yeah. podcasting 2.0. It's worth getting into. Uh, you know, it's no censorship. So, uh, you know, we're, we're streaming and uh, it's really starting to take off. So it's been great doing it grassroots style. That's awesome. On the Twitter, at uh, Modern T-Man. Um, you bet. But Texas Slim, I really appreciate your willingness to come on and continue this uh, evangelism really is what it is. Um, you bet for, man let's go walk the earth together let's yeah. all whatever you want to call it it's disciples whatever we're going to do mm-hmm. what we're doing is i tell people I, with with a hard foot down on the ground we're saving children's lives and it's not some cliche yes here. this no. is the truth there is an yep. epidemic going on in this country and we're going to stop it yep. and if you want to participate the door is open the gate way is here there's mm-hmm. a portal to help out and to be innovative to give back because we don't receive unless we give first yeah. so you know always kind of uh, mind shift uh mindset shift has to happen in this country that's what i'm saying yeah last night uh our pastor at our church started a, a series that he's wanting to go through with uh all of us and it's about it's called in the uh in the dust of the rabbi and what it mm-hmm. is, you know, you talk about disciples and the community piece of it. And the first piece of it last night that we went through was really talking about what a, what it meant to be a disciple of Jesus. And he went to mm-hmm. them 
But it wasn't just a neat thing to say. It was, now we're living together. We're in community together. Yeah. We're doing this thing together to learn how to be like the, the, the master that you're interning mm-hmm. with, essentially. Uh, it, it's, it's an apprenticeship model. And I think that's something we've lost I in America. Um, we but, have. But we really need to get back to community at some level. And not, not community in the traditional American, you know, social media sense, but in, no. what, I think, what you're doing. And that's fantastic. Well, if I have, if, if, if somebody's going to force me to say what the beef initiative is, I tell them it's, it's relationship building in a way that basically people are wanting to have in their lives. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of depression in this world. There's a lot of anxiety. 70% of Americans are taking some type of drug to lessen their anxiety, some form or fashion. And we've got to accept this crap. My father was a counselor for 25 years for people with addictions. And the amount of addiction in this country, the amount of depression, the amount of mental illness that is basically being engineered by a nutritional starvation is not talked about because the people that are engineering this type of depression across this nation are the ones that are also giving you those prescriptions. Yeah, and right. we have to we, we have to realize that. So we have to be accountable for building our own relationships in our own lives, mm-hmm. not some algorithm that's social media. And and it takes it takes getting out of the house. It takes going to a community-based program. You become the community. Yeah. You know, quit rely on other people to basically engineer your community. You are your own community first. How do you look at yourself as your own community? And but I love that, you know, apprenticeship model as far as getting back to, you know, what you know, what Jesus did as far yeah. as disciples. It's true, man. Whenever I was sick and I thought I was gonna die, I said, Hey Jesus, you get me through this, <laughs> man. I'm gonna go out there on a mission. Yeah. And it is. I, I have nothing else to do with the rest of my life except exactly what I'm doing. And it's a beautiful place to be, and everybody can do that same thing. I, I, I liquidated my life. I got rid of everything. I have a pickup truck and a cell phone bill and an insurance bill. That's it right now. <laughs> For the last wow. three years, I've been basically homeless. I stay with family, friends, and I stay on the road. And so, you know, that's a choice I'd made. Not everybody can do that, <laughs> but there's people out like me out there that are doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll, I will, I'll go across this globe and I will go out there and spread this message because there's, I think it's, it's that important. And it's something that I was basically gifted through a lot of pain and almost uh, losing my life to where it brought me to that understanding and that clarity. That was my cell, I guess, yeah. my pitch. Well, that's, uh, that, that's incredible. Um, just, and, and I like the idea of having a focus in life. Um, years ago, I worked with a, an author from Minnesota. He wrote a book called Leading Jesus Way. And the whole point was he would go into corporations mm-hmm. and train their leadership staff to actually lead um, from a position of servanthood. Um, and so we did some training right. videos. And then he, he created a, a, a class, basically, where as families, you could come together and learn how to um, write your family mission, your family values, and your, uh, like, like your core values as a family. So businesses do this. It's kind yeah. of a thing you do to be successful. Well, why not do that at a family level? And it was so phenomenal because what it does is it, it allows you to be intentional as a family even and to have a focus. Like, this is mm-hmm. who we are. When you think of the, my family, this is who we are. When you think of the Texas Slim family, this is who we are. It's just, and this mm-hmm. is how we do 
life. You it's bet. fantastic. It is. And, you know, I was a product of the 70s. Like I said, my parents divorced. It, you know, there was there's been a destruction of the American family and in kids and generations underneath me don't don't really put a lot of uh, validity or value into legacy. Mm-hmm. Well, you damn right. I'm creating a legacy for my child here and everybody out there. Every father should be doing the same thing. Every mother should be sent doing the same thing. That's got to be purpose driven. It's got to be goal setting. Mm-hmm. It's got to be saying mission driven, like you said. And, you know, and you know, I, I'm a follower of Jesus in a way that, you know, I grew up in the Bible Belt and I get all this, you know, people. It's not a religious thing, people. You know, I just yeah. tell people, say, well, Jesus was the baddest outlaw that ever existed. So I'm going to go act like a baddest <laughs> yeah. outlaw that ever existed. Yeah. How's that? Yeah. You know, we don't get into these debates about religion and, you know, belief systems. But if you want to be a badass, you want to be something that's intentional, you, whatever you want to do, there's a way that you can engineer that thought process that basically creates a legacy for your family that your children will look up to. And it helps them get some emotional maturity right now in their lives that are, are basically our society is not engineering in mm-hmm. a positive way. Right. And we see that, you know, we see a lot of fear. We see a lot of destruction. We see a lot of fear porn, you know, every day, the 24 hour news cycle is when's the next i saw today in the local newspaper over at my parents house it's like preparing for the next pandemic you know here we (laughs) go front page news well guess what that's usa today that's a centralized marketing apparatus that basically creates fear and instills fear in children's lives and adult lives and everybody's got to rise above that got to have a strong mind to do that that starts with nutrition yeah and a good a good core group of people around you, a good community. So. 100%. Yeah, Excellent. 100%. Well, Texas Slim, thank you very much. Uh, I'll let you slide back into your, your work. Um, let's <laughs> yeah. keep in touch. If you're ever in South Dakota, I'd love to. Uh, we got I'd a room for you. I'd there. love to have you. You bet. Well, great. I'd like to get back from uh, Australia and yep. Asia, and I'd like to hit the ground running here. I'm going to get a new pickup truck, I hope, awesome. and then we're going to go out there. I tell everybody we opened up a lot of gates this year within the Beef Initiative. We're going to open up a thousand gates this year in 2023 to American ranchers, and those ranchers are going to open up their gates. We're going to have a hell of a story, and I'm going to hit the road again, and I'm going to be going from ranch to ranch this summer as much as possible. It's got to be South Dakota. Let's do it. I already, I I haven't been there in a couple of years, so it's time to get back. Excellent. I appreciate you, Craig. No problem. Thank you. I appreciate it. Have a great day, uh, and happy new year. Hey, you too, man. Have a great, uh, great week. Have a great month. Have a great year. Let's do this. Let's keep in contact. Let's keep this uh, dialogue going. Let's do it. Be blessed. Thank you very much. You too. Take care, brother. Thank you, Texas Slim. This podcast, I am Texas Slim, available across the podcast networks around the globe. Beefinitiative.com as well. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, Safe travels as you wander the globe this year. It'll be exciting to hear the stories and see what comes out of that. Thanks for hanging out with us. TheInterviewPodcast.org is where you can find all the episodes out of this podcast and also where you can help support the show. Value for value. Also, if you listen on a podcast in 2.0 app, you listen on the Fountain app, you can listen to this episode and you can boost sats to us right there. The Interview Podcast on Fountain. Thanks for hanging out with us. 
This is the first episode of the new year. And it couldn't have been a better one. Thanks a lot. Have a wonderful year, a great day, and we'll see you on the next one.